Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball back to work on the national scene. Down goes Texas. Here comes the top 15 powerhouse. What you got, Wichita? We go all access with Wichita State Hoops, the voice of the Shockers. Mike Kennedy tells us why this team could make another run to the Final Four. And what the heck is a Shocker? Plus, BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler on what last night's win over Texas does for BYU and what Cougar football can do to fix the red zone woes. Let's go! And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Tuesday, November 25th, what is good? A lot of things for that matter. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making BYU Sports Nation part of your day. To get things rolling on this Tuesday, I reference a friend of the show. His name is Trevor. You can find his tweets at FLG underscore T, as in golf T. And I quote, 86-82 BYU over Texas again. The initials TH are Longhorn Kryptonite. BYU owns Texas, hashtag BYU hoops, hashtag shockers next. The TH in reference to Tyler Hawes and Taysom Hill. TH over Texas. Jerem, how about that shot from Hawes last night? Fading away off one foot in the corner. You know what I thought when he hit that shot? Boom shakalaka! Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I'm talking about. That was crazy. That was, uh, that was Mr. Pib and Red Vines. It's crazy delicious. That's what I thought. It was awesome. He uh, Tyler Haas said that he uses that shot in horse sometimes. Well, Good well, thing! Oh, he uses it in games against Texas yeah, to that, knock off the Longhorns. I was holding my six-month-old at the time watching the game, and I went, yeah! Cry factor. And she, well, she didn't cry, but she jumped. You know, I was like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> How do you not... How do you not yell during that shot? Incredible performance by Tyler Haas in the second half. We'll have much more on that coming up on BYU Sports Nation. Join the conversation by tweeting at BYU Sports Nation, commenting and liking on our Facebook page, and weighing in on today's poll question on BYUTVSports.com, which goes like this. Which TH's performance was more impressive against Texas? Taysom Hill or Tyler Haas? And here are the numbers. So Hill, remember, ran for 259 yards, three touchdowns. 259 is the second most in BYU history and the second most by an FBS quarterback since 05. You know who the last quarterback to do it was? Vince Young from Texas. Tyler Hawes, last night, 25 points, only two in the first half, 23 in the second half. That's a career high for a half for Brother Hawes. 19 of BYU's last 21 he scored, including the shot. You know, the what, I'm, you know what I'm thinking right now? Boom shakalaka! I mean, taking over a game. Clutch. That's what you need your star player to do. And that's exactly what Tyler Haas did. Friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation every weekday, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain, on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980, our show on demand every day on BYURadio.org. You can also catch the rebroadcast each weekday, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on BYU Radio. Rise and shout, it's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Look, forget Santa Ana. Texas downright fears the Cougars. And right now, it's all about Tyler Haas. We joked yesterday that Taysom Hill might suit up for the BYU basketball team just for the intimidation factor. (laughs) (laughs) 
You run for 259 yards. I don't care what sport it is. Taysom, put a basketball jersey on. Go sit on the bench. Hey, Texas. What's up? <laughs> Remember me? Well, now they're thinking about another TH. Tyler Haas, 25 points, 5 rebounds. But you mentioned 23 of those coming in the second half. 19 of the last 21 points for BYU scored coming from Mr. Haas. The legend of Haas grows. Yeah, he just got on fire. This was the game, uh, this was the kind of game that BYU needed out of him against Iowa State. He was a couple days, I guess five days removed from that lower abdominal strain. He got five days after that game to uh, prepare for this game. He wasn't the same against Iowa State, and he struggled at the end when BYU had meaningful possessions, got blocked. Uh, you know, BYU doesn't end up beating Iowa State, loses by two. In this game, in the first half, he he was that way again. He was ineffective in the first half. It felt like he was forcing it the issue a little bit, but Tyler Haas generally takes good shots, right? So the second half, here's the situation, because BYU needed him when he, when he started this. There's nine or ten minutes left. BYU's down by five. Mika and Austin both have four fouls at this point. This is desperation time. I thought the game was getting out of would get out of hand quickly, but Tyler Haas hits back to back threes, and then he was on. You knew it was on the pull up three on the break, and you're like, okay, Tyler Haas is, is in it. He's in it now. He's back. He he, he is go- he's full speed ahead. Uh, another small little note from Tyler Haas: the usual fantastic free throw shooter, has had his struggles early in the season. Last night, 9 for 10, a lot of those down the stretch. So good to see Tyler knocking down the free throws as well. Not many things he didn't do well last night. And while Tyler was obviously fantastic in the second half, Matt Carlino got things started well for BYU four early for on. 4 for 4 from 3 in the first half. And hit every part of the rim on the fifth attempt before it bounced out, right. which was uh, the heat check. So uh, Matt Carlino also... Excellent game, 20 points, 6 assists, only had 4 turnovers. That's a crucial number right there, the assist-to-turnover ratio for Maddie. Anytime that is positive, it's a great thing for BYU. It's got to be more than positive. It's got to be hopefully 1.5 would be good. But uh, the thing that struck me the most, uh, the stat that sticks out the most but didn't end up mattering as much in the end as I thought it would be, was 3-point shooting. BYU sets a single-game record with 10 of 12 from 3, 83%. That's tremendous. That's coming off the last two games when you're 5 for 35. 35, 14% the last two games. So that was huge. I think that that helped in the first half because in the second half, BYU only shot three threes. They made all three, but that helped. We'll ask BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler his take on what happened uh, between the games and the three-point shooting, if it's form or if it's just a matter of those shots going down coming up in about 10 minutes here on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, The last point I want to make is on this initial basketball thought is Frank Bartley, true freshman, 18 years old, comes in off the bench, scores 11 points, all of BYU's 11 bench points, goes 3 for 3 from downtown. Frank Bartley has been a very pleasant surprise for this team. He is what BYU thought DeMarcus Harrison would be a couple years ago. DeMarcus ends up uh, transferring to Clemson, um, but Frank, it was a steal late in recruiting out of Louisiana. Uh, his family was uh, you know, moved from Hurricane Katrina for two and a half months. He has this amazing story and somehow finds his way to BYU, not a member of the LDS faith, uh, but he's been huge. BYU's got an interesting lineup with Bartley because you have the starters in Mika and Austin in the post. You bring Worthington off the bench, but guess who's the first post sub? It's Frank it Bartley. Bartley. He's not a power forward, but he's playing the four. Let me, let me clue you in on something that you may have never noticed. The guy that's playing the four always takes the ball out for BYU, make or miss. 
He takes the ball out. So that's the guy that does it. Frank Bartley is that guy. He's the first post-sub off the bench. Yet, he's so versatile that he can make three threes, he can rebound well, and in that 1-3-1, he plays the top of the zone. And that adjustment was really big for me. BYU got destroyed on the interior throughout the game, till the end of the game. But they made adjustments to offset the bigs of Texas. We'll ask Blaine Fowler what he thought of that and if this is an issue going forward for BYU. 17 offensive rebounds by Texas hurt BYU a lot. Second chance points, 24-5, to yet BYU overcame that and foul trouble. Teams like this have really hurt BYU in the past, and I reference uh, the two NCAA tournament games against Texas A&M, ironically. Uh, and Marquette, the other re- more recently. And Marquette, exactly. Big, long, physical teams really hurt BYU. But when you shoot 80-plus percent from the three-point line... That's how you offset that. It wipes it away. And when Tyler Haas goes off, that's how you offset that. It was, I don't want to say it was a miracle, but it was a tremendous uh, effort to come back in that game by BYU, considering how BYU was getting worked on the boards, and their two main guys had foul trouble. BYU's probably not going to shoot 80-plus percent from the three-point line again tonight. Who knows? But I'm prognosticating that that most likely will not happen. However, they will not face the size and strength that Texas had tonight when they take on Wichita State, which takes us to numero dos. Topic two. Oh, here come the Shockers, number 12 in all the land. And coming off a final four trip last year, they knocked off Gonzaga in Salt Lake City, so they have tender feelings, or not tender, but uh, rather positive feelings about uh, Utah ties because they did it at Energy Solutions Arena. You know what? Butler played in Energy Solutions Arena, was it two years before or the year before? The the uh, surprise Final Four team goes through Salt Lake, apparently. Mid- the mid-major powerhouses loving some Salt Lake City and Energy Solutions Arena. That said, Wichita State is a very, very capable and confident basketball team. BYU now has yet another opportunity to take down a respected, notable program. And yeah, people are like, well, Wichita State, where do they come from? Wichita, Kansas. Exactly. They're, who? It's Kansas basketball, and they are near the top in all of the country right now. They are 12th in the nation in the latest in both polls, the coaches and the AP poll. And quite frankly, they feel like they deserve to be there. Uh, we'll talk to the radio play-by-play voice Mike Kennedy uh, in just a few moments here on, well, in about 20 minutes on BYU Sports Nation. He'll dive inside that roster and what players BYU Sports Nation can watch for in tonight's matchup. But here, here we are, BYU basketball trying to do what the football team could not do, and that's take advantage of an opportunity on a national setting on ESPN2 and knock off one of the best teams in the country. This is sort of like the Wisconsin game in football, where this is a team that uh, maybe you feel good about the matchup before the game. They're highly ranked. Wisconsin should have been ranked more like 14 or 15 when BYU played them given the Arizona State loss. But Wichita State, a team that went to the Final Four, I'll compare Wisconsin going to the Rose Bowl like that. It won't, it won't uh, shake out appropriately in all levels, but the point being, there's an opportunity here, and we keep using that opportunity with BYU basketball and football, because it is, to make some national noise. If BYU wins this game, that means a lot. This game's on ESPN2 tonight at 10 Eastern. Uh, so check that out, and of course, BYU Radio as well. Wichita State went to the Final Four last year. They are the preseason Missouri Valley uh, pick to win the, the championship. They have some guy you may remember, Ron Baker, the guard, uh, the six foot three guard last year that missed twenty one games. 
blonde hair, Justin Bieber haircut. He's a good player. Reminds me of Chandler Parsons. <laughs> I like Wichita State. Clanthony uh, Early is the preseason player of the year. They're, that's their leading scorer. They're pretty balanced. They're pretty good. Wichita State is kind of growing. They're like, same conference as Creighton, who's BYU played a couple years ago. So this is going to be good. This is a good test for BYU. Whether BYU wins the game or not, and that's the thing with basketball, you don't have to win all these games, per se, to maintain an RPI or get votes or whatever. Play really good, effectively, impress, uh, at least make it close. And if you win, there you go. You're making some noise, and then you have Utah State Saturday. The championship of the CBE Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City tips at 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Mountain on ESPN2. You can watch it live. You can also listen to it live right here on BYU Radio with Greg Rebell on the call. It's a classic matchup of one of the nation's top offensive teams, the fastest team in America in BYU against a team that is very defensively solid. That alone makes me really want to see what BYU does uh, if they make any adjustments, if they try and slow down at all, or if they try and get a little bit more methodical, I doubt it. I think Dave Rose just says, run, go, go as fast as you can. But Wichita State is a team that's able to control tempo and control pace. They, they do that to teams. So how do they handle the fastest team in America? Really looking forward to see what happens right there. That's the thing with BYU's offense. It's not, it's make or miss. It's not football where, hey, if you go three and out, that's going to... If the other team makes a bucket, you go boom, 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 go, 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 and you push the tempo. So it will be a battle of tempos. And I like this matchup more than I do with Texas. I think that's a tougher matchup for BYU's personnel than Wichita State. Really? Yes, because you don't have the guys inside. BYU can hang with other teams. Like Texas is maybe the worst possible matchup. The size factor, I'll give you that. They're not, Texas is not the best team. Like They were 16 and 18 last year. I don't think they're going to go to the NCAA tournament, but just who they have, it's a tough matchup. Wichita State doesn't have that. This team, this Wichita State team, by the numbers and how they stack up with their starting five, reminds me a little bit of Iowa State, but they're better defensively. They don't have the scorer in Melvin Edgem, that that standout athlete, but they're a better defensive team than Iowa State. So I like the confidence, Jerem. Usually I'm the one telling you to be more confident. If, if you look at, it's not just height, but that, that matters. They don't have a guy taller than 6'8 in the starting lineup. BYU's got a 6'10 and a 6'11. What hurt BYU last night? Size, Second chance points yeah. and rebounds. That's, that's, it's it's going to be, it's not easy, but easier these, than Texas. These guys shoot a lot better than Texas, though, too. So I think we're going to have a little bit more of a shooter's duel. Uh, and you mentioned the Bieber factor with Ron Baker. It, there is a Bieber factor. <laughs> you better believe it. Basketball, always good. Looking forward to tonight's matchup. Oh, and there's a football game this Saturday. Topic three. It's the red zone. If our uh, red zone offense was was better on Saturday, you know, we have a really good chance and probably win that football game. So uh, right now an emphasis for me and, and for us offensively is, is our red zone offense. BYU quarterback Taysom Hill on the red zone woes and how it cost the Cougars against Notre Dame. And, Jerem, yesterday you referenced that you're calling it the red zone until uh, they make the touchdown percentage a little bit better. And, and red is in stop. And, yeah. and, then, and then, they can, then it can be the blue zone. Uh, look, the leader of the offense is aware of the issue. Taysom Hill knows what's going on because he's on the field conducting the plays. Now it's about addressing the issue 
and getting better. You know, I, I don't know. I think uh, going against a team like Notre Dame, we get down to the red zone, they're big, they're stout, and we have a hard time getting a, a hat and a, a helmet on those big guys and, and holding blocks. Notre Dame put nine guys on the line or in the box. I mean, they are they are daring BYU to throw the ball, the fade route, or something. They know what's coming. Taysom Hill is the greatest weapon that BYU has inside the red zone. There's a ton of bodies crammed inside the 10-yard line, inside the 20-yard line. There's not a lot of space to move. And if you cannot block inside the red zone, you're done. Or you're relegated to just throwing the fade to Cody Hoffman, which, quite frankly, if BYU did it four straight times against Notre Dame, I almost like their chances better than than what happened on Saturday because Notre Dame's defensive front seven was motivated, stout, and BYU just just couldn't lay the blocks they needed inside. So you you run out of options. Now the question is, what do you do to get better? If BYU had thrown four fades to Cody Hoffman, everyone would have said, "Why didn't you just run the ball?" Here's some numbers I want to look at <laughs> in BYU's four losses. What was their Red zone touchdown con- uh, conversion rate. Okay, let's go back to Virginia. They were two of three. I want to preface this by saying BYU until this year has been somewhere between 60 and 70-ish percent. 77%. Right? Let's I say think, 66, yeah. okay? Let, let's just say to every three trips, you get two touchdowns. That's the goal, okay? Okay. That fair? Okay. Against Virginia, two out of three touchdowns in red zone trips. That's, that's the norm. Right? Yes. Two out of three. If you go three for three, you win. But two for three, that's fine. Utah, 0 for 4. Yikes. You lose that game by 7. 0 for 4. I'm, I, like, BYU could make four field goals. I, I'm calling this 0 for 4 in that we're discussing touchdowns specifically. Wisconsin, 1 for 3. You lose by 10. You at least make that a little closer at the end if you go two for three. Notre Dame, 1 for 4. You lose by 10. Red zone deficiency has killed BYU. Not to mention third downs. But once you get down there, what are you doing? Are you scoring a touchdown? If not, are you at least getting a field goal on that uh, one out of every three? And are you scoring a touchdown on two out of every three? That's the goal. BYU Had BYU done that, the season is very different. And BYU's been really good at getting yards. They're top 15 total offense team, which in... Go fast, go hard. Uh, you say, yeah, let's compile yards. And normally, when you get yards, you get points, right? But that hasn't necessarily equated equally this year. We'll ask Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst of basketball and football, uh, about BYU's opportunities in the red zone and what needs to change coming up in just a few minutes here on BYU Sports Nation. I think it's interesting that BYU has moved the ball so successfully between the 20s. When they get inside the red zone, um, 24 touchdowns and 51 attempts. 51 attempts inside the red zone is not a bad number. That's You can win a lot of ball games if you're in the red zone 51 times through 11 games. That's, that is not bad. But you're just not able to punch the ball in, so what has to happen? What has to change? It starts the offensive line. Uh, it starts with execution. But the coaches and players are aware of that. It's just a matter of putting the personnel in there and keeping everyone healthy enough to go and get it done. And if you're if you're a deep threat and you don't score and you score outside the 20, then that number inside the 20 is not as meaningful. You still want it to be high, but if you can score a score, whether it's inside the 20 or not. Last season, uh, how many times do you think BYU got into the red zone period? 51 through 11 games with this year's team, a better offense, 
How many times do you think BYU got in 2012? Uh, Red zone trips. I'm going to say 40. 64. Wow. And BYU, their touchdown percentage, 63%. Last year. Last year. I, if BYU's if, over 50%, they probably win at least one, maybe two more games. They're 47%. Scored like two more touchdowns? You could argue... This is crazy to me. There's an argument that last year's offense is better than this year. I said it. Wait. You could... I mean, What? When you look at, uh, when you look at total touchdowns, when you look at uh, red zone percent, you can identify certain things that could at least make that conversation more interesting than you think it could. Who'd they play, though? Who'd they play? I know. I know. I'd rather have this year's offense. Trust me. This year's offense versus last year's schedule, that's 10 or 11 wins. Okay. And, and then the conversation another day is this. <laughs> Would you rather have a tougher schedule and have one or two more losses or play a weaker schedule? Would you rather be in the American or be independent? I'd rather be independent. Absolutely. Hashtag independence rules. Speaking of Twitter, <laughs> which TH's performance was more impressive against Texas? We'll discuss after the break. We'll also talk to Blaine Fowler. How does the win over Texas last night help this BYU team for the rest of the year? You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton. And at Jerem Jordan, join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Hey, the men's basketball team in their shoot-around as we speak in Kansas City, prepping for Wichita State. On the other side of the ball, on the women's basketball team, they're undefeated. Jennifer Hampson and Lexi Eaton, they host Washington State, the other Cougars, tonight at 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain, live on BYU TV. Spencer Linton on the call. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Hampson averaging 19.5 points and... uh, Almost 10 rebounds, so uh, almost a double-double. She's she's benefited from redshirting out of volleyball. Do you have Watch ESPN to where you could pull that up on a laptop while you call the second half of the Washington State BYU game tonight? Oh, Jerem, need ye ask? <laughs> Doubt ye not, my friend. One ear you have uh, Harrison Collier, <laughs> the producer. The other you have the uh, call of yeah. Wichita State yeah, BYU Radio. Spencer, pay attention. You're calling a live why, game. Why are you repeating what? the men's basketball <laughs> score on BYU TV during the women's game? No, I, no you fo- will be fully invested. All focus on the like women's Bronco team. Bronco would have you during the women's basketball game. During the timeouts, I cannot. Well, I can. I can promise you this. During timeouts, I will be seeking updates of the men's basketball game. But I get to watch the last hour, right? Picture in picture, ESPN two and BYU TV. Follow BYU Sports Nation on Twitter. They'll have whatever you need. Oh, that was clever. You slid that in there, didn't you? Oh, that was nice. Here's what happened. The producer says something into my ear, and then I repeat <laughs> it on the radio. Oh wait. oh, wait. What, Ben? What did you want me to say? Could, could you? Oh, okay. I got it. Ben Bagley is cool. Wait, why do you keep <laughs> saying stuff like that to me? Uh, very quickly to Twitter. Not very quickly. Let's take our time with this, because this is juicy. Which TH's performance was more impressive against Texas? Taysom Hill or Tyler Hawes? And we go to our tweeps. We're getting a ton of responses about this. Tweeps, nice. Yes. At Doug BYU Coog. Correct answer, Taysom Hawes. Hashtag, <laughs> he messed with Texas. We hooked them horns. <laughs> At Old School BYU. Hill's performance put him in the national spotlight and got a coach fired on a nationally ranked team. Yeah, you get a guy fired. Good that's, point. That's a great argument, isn't it? I, I got a defensive coordinator fired. Beat Gone. that. 
you were so good, someone lost their job. A wife and some kids are like, where are we going? That's how good Taysom Hill was. That's so sad. <laughs> Taysom Haas. That's fantastic. Oh, at Stevie PF 22 Haas had the more impressive performance in my mind. Hmm. UT's basketball team competed harder and longer than football did. Haas also performed when his team needed him most. Hill had a decent supporting cast all game. So there's Hill, an argument for Tyler. Hill made it so it wasn't a game. The, think about that. Uh, at Go Cougars 3, Taysom 250-plus rushing yards doesn't happen often. That's another one of those <laughs> underscore, underscore, underscore statements. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. What TH had the most impressive performance against a Texas team? Sound off at BYU Sports Nation. Right now, we welcome in Blaine Fowler, a guy who does it all, has great hair, uh, watches a lot of basketball and football, and makes it look uh, easy when he's talking about it. In your opinion, Blaine, how will BYU's win over Texas last night help this team as the season moves forward? Well, because I, I think they ended up winning a basketball game were they played well, but they didn't play their best game. Uh, and they still beat a quality Big 12 opponent on a neutral floor. Um, and they figured out what they might have to do come tournament time when they play against teams that have enormous front lines like Texas had. So I think they learned a lot about themselves last night and that they can grind out a win and find a way to win. Uh, that second half and Tyler Hawes down the stretch was just amazing. Blaine, what did you think of the adjustments that BYU made in the second half, going to a 1-3-1 uh, situational uh, with personnel to be able to win that game? Yeah, I, I think that that was a great you know, defensive adjustment. And I think BYU keeps learning what they can do, with, especially with this young group of players, you know, Mika and Luke Worthington and the guys down low. I think from the Iowa State game, I think they came out of that and felt like they should have played a little more zone in that game. And, and so they went to the zone earlier in this game, and, and it caused Texas some problems and created some opportunities. And so you know, we're early in the season. It's a very, very talented team. We have to remember that they're a young team, and so we're going to see them make progress. And what's exciting for everybody that's watching them is they're winning games while they're making progress. And, and that's a fun, it's really nice to win and to learn about yourselves. And so, I mean, I really think the sky's the limit for this team. This is a team that is deep enough and has enough talent to be able to compete with Gonzaga for the league title this year. No question in my mind. Blaine Fowler joins BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, is this is this an issue going forward that B, with BYU's three post players and potential foul trouble given the new rules that BYU could have an issue going up against similar teams later in the year? I don't know that they're going to see a team that has any more size than Texas has uh, inside. I mean, it, they're not just long, and they'll, they'll see some long teams this year, tall teams with long arms. But, I mean, they are big and long, uh, Texas is, and, and those big guys are athletic. So, so I think that that may be as, bad, as tough a matchup problems they're going to have down low. But, again, those young guys, Mika, Worthington, they're going to learn how the calls are going to go, and they're going to get better as they work with them at playing defense with their feet and getting in position to make plays and get in front of those guys, where right now they're still doing a little bit of reaching. When you're in high school, at the height that those guys are, you can play some defense where your feet aren't in perfect position, you don't have a good base, and a guy goes by you and you get away with it because you block the shot from behind anyhow because you're so big compared to everybody. You know, And now that they're playing at the elite level, you're playing against Texas, if your feet aren't in the right spot and you get beat, you're not blocking it. It's going down on top of your head in dunk fashion. And so they're learning. 
they're working with him. I know Mark Pope's doing a tremendous job with him, and I see progress every game. So I don't think this is a long-term problem. I think it's a short-term uh, learning effort that's going to have to take place if they're going to get better at defending without fouling. Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, joining BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, the Cougars, uh, previous two games from the three-point line, 5-for-35. Last night, 10-for-12. Did you see anything different from the shooters on the BYU side than you had the previous two games? Yeah, Matt Carlino was hotter than heck to start the game. (laughs) That makes makes a huge difference. when when, Sometimes I I think Matt, I'd just come out and do like a three-shot heat check, and if it's on, then you just turn him loose and let him do whatever he wants. Um, and so, so he was really good, and it helps that, that Tyler shot the way he did down the stretch. But um, I do think this team is capable uh, of shooting the three very well. I think that they'll be better at shooting the three than they were last season. I think Halford is going to have a big impact before this, this year is over. I, I think that Bartley is going to be a solid three-point shooter. Anson Winder looks like his stroke is better this year when he's been healthy the entire offseason and had a chance to work on a shot. And we're even seeing Nate Austin. Who looks like he's worked on that, uh, you know, that game from distance as well. So I think the beginning of this season may be more of an aberration. Now this is a really good night shooting. I don't know if they're going to shoot it that well every night, but I certainly think this is going to be a better and more effective three-point shooting team this season than it was last season. And you combine that with the big guy's ability to run down the floor and a Mika post-up game, and this is a more complete team. That's why I'm so bullish on how they're going to compete in the league and. And I believe this is an NCAA tournament team. Do you feel like it was uh, shot? The, the shot selection was any better, or was it just a matter of those shots going down? Some, sometimes it's not necessarily that the shot selection is better; it's that the guys take their time on those shots. And I don't mean that they're slow in taking them, but they get squared up and they keep their fundamentals solid when they're shooting. And I think it was Dave Rose that coined the phrase with us a few years ago: "We want to play fast." but we don't want to be in a hurry. And in some of the games that we've seen when they haven't shot the three-pointer well, they seem like those shots are rushed. There's just a fraction of a second difference between rushing a shot and then and taking a shot where you set your feet and you get your shoulders squared and you get the elbow where it's supposed to be and you follow through. I saw just shots last night that it seemed like they were in better shooting position, not necessarily more open, but, but in better fundamental position to knock down shots. That's a comfort level that will come, and as they have games where they knock down shots like they did last night, their confidence will build and they'll be better at that. Blaine Fowler is on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, our poll question today is, which TH's performance against Texas is more impressive, Tyler Haas or Taysom Hill? What do you think? Wow. You know what? They both single-handedly carried their teams. I mean, that's... But I don't know. With, with, With Taysom Hill... Texas didn't defend him very well. They had a poor game plan, and I mean, he ended up just running wild without guys even you know, testing him. And they never adjusted. Texas never adjusted. Tyler Hawes last night down the stretch, it wasn't they weren't defending. I mean, they had hands in the face. I, I love that one-footed runner in the corner. The thing about that shot, when he made that shot with the, with the shot clock winding down, I felt like that was the shot that just kind of sealed the whole deal. He was so perfect in his fundamentals in his upper body. Even though he was running and going off of one foot, he squared up. Elbow was tucked under. The ball had perfect rotation. So I think Tyler did it under more duress than Taysom did. So I'm going to give the vote to Tyler Hawes on that one. Okay. 
You know, it's it's a compelling argument because both had such dominating performances. Blaine, now BYU is looking at the 12th-ranked team in the country, Wichita State. What do you know about the Shockers, and what should BYU fans expect tonight? Well, you know, they're highly ranked, but I think they're ranked as high as they are because of what they accomplished last year. They lost some really good shooters off of that team. Now, it's not like the cupboard's fair there. This is a program now that's just good every single year. And, and I think they're a very good team. And they come in with a lot of confidence. When, when you advance in a tournament like they did last year, and even though some of these kids didn't play as much last year, you get this sense of invincibility that you just expect to win, you expect to make plays. And so that, that's what BYU's up against is a team that is very confident, very athletic, and that shoots the ball extremely well. I'm telling you, if BYU can shoot it the way they shot it last night, they can compete with anyone. They just have to defend better on the interior. We now turn our sights to the football game Saturday, the regular season finale, BYU at Nevada. Your thoughts on the matchup with the Wolfpack? Well, this is a game that that BYU should win handily. And it's on the road, and Nevada's been much better at home than they have been on the road. They're 4-1 and one at home. And they're 0-6 on the road. So it's a team that's much more comfortable at home. But they just have not been able to stop people from running the football this year. And that's where BYU should have an advantage. BYU's coming off two of three games where they played against front sevens that are as big time as they get in college football. And, and at times, you know, got beat up by those great defensive fronts. I think they're going to find that in this ball game, they're going to be able to push some people around and they should be able to run it, which will set up the pass game. Um, and... And so I just see BYU scoring a lot of points in this game. Now, Nevada has a, a good offense. You know, they're, they're multidimensional. Uh, Cody Fajardo is a, a dual-threat quarterback, much like Taysom Hill. He's thrown for over 260 yards a game. He completes almost 68% of his, his throws. So he's very, very good. Um, and if they can keep him kind of caged in there so he can't run around and hurt him on pass plays where he ends up scrambling and getting big plays – BYU's been really good this year and last year at defending the quarterback run game, design run game. I think BYU wins this one going away pretty easily. Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, uh, basketball and football. We're talking football right now with Nevada on Saturday. Blaine, BYU 47% touchdown ratio, uh, percentage inside the red zone, 24 TDs and 51 attempts. There are only eight teams in the country worse than BYU in red zone touchdown percentage. What needs to change for the Cougars? But when you get down inside the 20, then teams start to play you different. Um, on, on True Blue, we, we did a telestration of, a, of the scoring play that BYU had where they threw the touchdown to J.D. Falsel. And Notre Dame literally had nine people on the line of scrimmage in, in that instance. You've got to be really physical down there, um, both if you're, if you're going to throw it or if you're going to run the ball. Your receivers have to be able to get off of press coverage. It just is so much more difficult to score down there because nobody's worried about you going deep on them. So everything gets close to the line of scrimmage. The throwing lanes, if you're going to throw it, are smaller. The DBs play more physical because they don't have to worry about getting beat deep. And there's more people loaded up to defend the run. So you have to be extremely physical. And, and that's where BYU has to have a mindset adjustment. They've got to knock people off the ball down there. I don't think they'll have a problem with it against Nevada. Where they struggle is against big physical teams. And that's something they need to address in the offseason and get better at you know for next year. And this, this offensive back. You have some young guys that are playing like Kersley. These guys need to get stronger 
and, uh, and more physical, and I think we'll see the production better. But, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Their touchdown percentage when they get in the red zone is, is not good. You think Florida State, this is a team that is a great football team, and they spread it out like BYU does, and they, they have quarterback run game and all that. So it's a similar style of offense. They're at 79% on touchdown percentage. Wow. 79%. Um, so they, they've, been, they've been in the red zone 61 times. BYU's been in there 51 times. That's not the problem. BYU gets into the red zone as much as anyone in the country. Um, but BYU's converted 24. Florida State, 48 of 61. Arizona State, 41 of 63. That's 65%. Wisconsin that BYU played, 34 of 51. That's 67%. All of the teams that are in that top 20 are 65% or better in touchdown efficiency when they get down in the red zone. And so, so BYU can't linger there around 47 for another year. They, they need to get that up 65 or better. And if they had a 65% touchdown percentage this year, they'd have two or three more wins. Good stuff, Blaine. We appreciate the time, and we'll see you at 2 Eastern Saturday on Countdown to Kickoff. All right, guys. Talk to you Saturday. BYU-Nevada football ready to go on Saturday, but not before BYU and Wichita State basketball tip it off tonight in Kansas City, the championship game of the CBE Hall of Fame Classic on a neutral floor, but really it's a de facto road game given that Wichita is only about two and a half, three hours away from Kansas City, so expect to see a lot of shocker fans. Uh, This just coming in from Doug Gottlieb, notable ESPN college basketball analyst on Twitter. He says... In reference to the game tonight, BYU versus Wichita State. One team plays defense, the other is hashtag BYU. Take the, <laughs> take the shockers. <laughs> what? Yeah, they're ranked 12. That's the, yeah, they're the favorite in the game, but yeah. No D? What, just because BYU gave up 103 to Stanford and 80, 90 to Iowa State? Okay, yeah, he's right. <laughs> BYU's working on the defensive part of that. I would rather score a ton of points than be like, hey, we're going we're gonna to play great defense and hope we get buckets. Love those college basketball games that end in a uh, 48-44 final score. Big Ten basketball. Indiana versus Iowa. Next. (laughs) Will one team get to 50? (laughs) Boring. (laughs) It's about wins, though, right? Up next, what in the world is a shocker anyway? And how does this Wichita State team compare to last year's Final Four team? We'll ask play-by-play voice of the Shockers, Mike Kennedy, next on BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill and the BYU Cougars taking on Nevada this Saturday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio with Spencer Linton and Jaron Jordan. We've got a super Saturday for you this week on BYU TV, starting with Countdown to Kickoff live from Reno. Making my first trip to Reno, Jerem. And by the way, Countdown to Kickoff is straight from the genius of my good friend Jerem Jordan. Is it? I was just thinking about... (laughs) Yes, yes it is. I was just thinking about Reno. Don't wear really short shorts. I will not do that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I will definitely not do that. I will wear warm clothing. 57 and sunny, by the way, the forecast right now in Reno with 0% chance of rain. Uh, getting back to the Super Saturday, uh, after countdown to kickoff, women's basketball against Arizona, 4 Eastern. That's live on BYU TV. Then the BYU TV Sports post game will be on about 6.30. And we finish with men's basketball against Utah State live from Salt Lake City. That game starts at 9. 
Wow, that is a super Saturday. Getting it done. Which TH's performance, by the way, was more impressive against a Texas team? Would that be Taysom Hill or Tyler Hawes? We go back to Twitter, and this coming from at P underscore Norton. T. Hill for sure. Football was a ranked team, Texas, and has a shot at the Big 12 title. B-ball team, not so much. Right now, Taysom Hill on BYUTVSports.com is winning the poll 90 to 10. So if you think it was Tyler Hawes, you need to jump on BYUTVSports.com right now. Right now, we bring in... Well, let me, let me mention this. Wichita State head basketball coach Greg Marshall said last night in 29 years of coaching, being around the game, he's never seen a team go faster than BYU. The Cougars' offense is most definitely a unique force. Also worthy of that force designation, the 12th-ranked Wichita State Shockers, a team coming off a Final Four appearance, carrying a ton of national buzz. The play-by-play voice of the Shockers, Mike Kennedy, joins BYU Sports Nation now from Kansas City. Mike, when you look at BYU and Wichita State, what comes to mind first in that matchup? I think it's going to be a really fun game, and in some ways, not completely, but in some ways, the old cliche about the irresistible force against the immovable object. I think Wichita State really prides itself on its defense, although it's certainly a team that can score, and BYU is just a, it's really an irresistible force offensively. First off, before we break down the players, what is a shocker? Back in the uh, the early days of the university, the late 1800s, early 1900s, a lot of the student athletes worked the wheat harvest in the summers. And the, back then they would cut the wheat with a sickle and then tie it up and pull it together in a bunch with a rope in the middle of it what was called a shock. And the, the reason they did that was you could stand it that way, and then wagons would come along and pick those up throw them on the wagon. So shocks of wheat, the, the guys that cut the wheat were wheat shockers, and along the way, the, the wheat part, it's actually still technically part of the nickname, but, but everybody just uses shockers anymore. So in what way is the basketball team like the, the shocker or, or embraces the shocker mentality? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know how that would tie in at all. But uh, but it's you know it's become a, a time honored thing and various versions of it. And of course, a lot of people think it has to do with electrical shocks. Or uh, certainly, it's been used by the media plenty of times when they've pulled off an upset and quote unquote shocked someone. That you know, uh, that's what I envision in my mind. Just just somebody just getting straight up electrocuted. That sounds a lot more fearsome, doesn't it? Can I imagine that? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I will say this. One of the strengths of this team uh, actually plays off of that idea a little bit. The, the thing that's impressed me most about this team is they can turn a four-point lead into a 14-point lead in a hurry, and they do it with their defense. They'll create steals, and then they really transition quickly into a fast-break team off of turnovers and so that's that's been one of their real strengths so they can shock you in that sense in a big hurry mike kennedy play-by-play voice of the wichita state shockers joining byu sports nation mike after a final four run it's hard to follow up a better season but it seems like the shockers have just a we expect to win mentality how has that been to watch from the sideline well it's been interesting because um you know really as soon as the team got into the NCAA tournament last year, you could see that they just gained confidence with every game they played. They, they handled Pittsburgh and 
uh, and then you know got a great win over Gonzaga, and and I think at that point they started feeling like you know we're we're as good as these people were playing. We can definitely beat these guys, and we belong here. And I think that's the biggest thing that's carried over. I I think they now see themselves as one of those teams, and and they realize that because of that they have a big target on their back. They have to be ready to play every night. But I, I think they go out facing. You could throw any name out there at them now, and they're going to go out there feeling like they're an equal entity in the in the mix. Mike, it was a four-point loss in the Final Four to Louisville. Was the team excited that they got to the Final Four, or was there a little bit left in the tank where they thought, oh man, we were five points away from the national title game? Well, they were not only disappointed, but I felt, felt like they could have won that game. I think they felt like they should have won that game. They went 26 minutes without a turnover and then had six in just a short space of time, and and I, you know, I certainly concede that Louisville could do that to you. They they did that to everybody, but you know, I I feel like they they believe they made enough mistakes that cost them the game that they easily could have won that game and at least have been playing for the title. And so, uh, yeah, I think looking back, certainly there's some satisfaction that they got that far. But I think by the time they got there, they felt they deserved to be there, and and were disappointed they didn't go farther. The fans watching in Kansas City got a good look at BYU and Tyler Haas last night. Who are some of the players that BYU Sports Nation should know about on this Wichita State team specifically? They have a, a great group of three guards. Uh, uh, Fred Van Bleet, point guard, is a sophomore who backed up Malcolm Armstead last year. Malcolm was a one-year senior transfer from Oregon, and Fred just got better and better as the season went on and made some big plays at the end of both the Gonzaga game and the Ohio State game in the tournament, and he's just extended that on to this year. He's not a, a flashy athlete. He won't wow you with his quickness and that sort of thing, but he just he finds the openings. He works his way through places. He gets the ball to the right people. He's shooting it well. Uh, just a, a really good, just a born leader. Ron Baker uh, is a guy that really didn't get seen too much until the tournament last year. He started the first eight games and then got a stress fracture in his foot, missed 21 games, came back and played really well in the NCAA tournament and started to get some notice, and he's just extended that on to the next year. He's 6'3", he's strong, he is uh, more athletic than people think he's going to be, he's a good shooter with good range. And then Jekyll Cotton is a 6'3 wing who is strong, athletic, uh, always been a great defender, good rebounder for his size. But last year, 10, 15 games into the season, people were just playing off of him, daring him to shoot it from the perimeter. And he just worked and worked and worked, got better and better. He's over his last 20-plus games into 46% three-point shooter, so he's added scoring to his repertoire. So that's really and, – and the, the name that most people have probably heard is Clay Anthony Early, who had a great finish last year. He's 6'8". Uh, he's getting some talk as an NBA draft pick and all that sort of thing. But the real core of the team is that guard trio, and then uh, the big guys certainly feed off of that. Mike Kennedy joining uh, BYU Sports Nation play-by-play for Wichita State, which is on tonight at 10 Eastern on ESPN2. Uh, after going to the Final Four, what's the expectation this year for the Shockers? <laughs> well, I don't know. The, the national title game? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I'm sure that's at the back of people's minds, and I'm sure the expectations are maybe a little unrealistic. But uh, this is another very good team. Uh, this team certainly might be as good as – Last year's team was at the same point. I don't think it's fair to compare 
how that team finished with where this one is right now. But I think the, the possibility is there. If they continue to work and grow, which I think they will, uh, there's no reason that they can't be in the tournament and have a chance to make another run. And as you all know, I mean, it, once you get to that point, sometimes it's just who's hot at the right time, the matchups, getting a few bounces. I mean, a lot of things can happen. A lot of great teams don't go past the first or second round. But uh, they, are, they are a team that's capable of at least being there, making a run, you know, I think most people, even the most uh, highly expectant fans, would be happy with a Sweet 16 or something like that. Anything else would be gravy. Mike Kennedy, play-by-play voice of the Wichita State Shockers on BYU Sports Nation. Mike, at some point tonight, when we're seeing crowd shots on ESPN2, I hope that we see an actual Shocker in the crowd somewhere. The mascot is here, and he is the mascot looks like a person with sweater and pants and so forth except for the head it looks like a shock of wheat so so if you get a shot of the mascot on okay the floor, that's that's what a shock of wheat looks like i think your new mascot is actually an elderly lady drinking five-hour energy <laughs> from the, well, the tip-off the marathon the famous image the biggest stars in the program right now they're here <laughs> she's so, the they're, face they're of wichita state tournament. basketball <laughs> Oh, uh, what kind of a uh, fan reception do you expect tonight, the travel party? Well, we had heard they'd sold at least 2,000 tickets. There were more like five or six there last night. So uh, what fans are there, the crowd wasn't real big, but what fans are there are pretty much dominated by Wichita State fans. So it's going to feel somewhat like a home game for Wichita State, and that's certainly a plus. Mike Kennedy, five-hour energy in hand. We're ready for BYU <laughs> and Wichita State tonight. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. It really should be a fun game. 8 p.m. tip live on ESPN2. We go to Twitter now. The last time BYU played a team that was in the Final Four the previous year was 2006. Cougars lost 82-69 at number 5 UCLA. Neutral court tonight against number 12 Wichita State. A chance to take down a Final Four team from last year. That coming from at Coach Neely, Dave Neely, friend of BYU Sports Nation. Now... We move on, my friends. Let's go ahead and whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Baseball. Another Baker's Dozen sign with BYU <laughs> is the Cougars Inc. 13 Letters of Intent. Letter of Intent. What? Letters yes, of sir. Intent? I know. The recruiting class for Mike Littlewood's squad includes 10 prepsters and 3 Juco players. For more info, go to BYUcougars.com. Women's basketball. BYU undefeated 4-0 this season and hosting Washington State tonight, 9 Eastern, live on BYU TV. The Cougars led by Jennifer Hampson, who is averaging 19.5 points per game and just a hair under 10 rebounds a contest. Women's volleyball. The Cougars are now 22nd in the latest ABCA Top 25 poll. BYU awaits its at-large fate Sunday at 9.30 Eastern on ESPNU during the selection show. Did want to mention that Utah in football just scheduled a home and road with San Jose State, the mighty Spartans. BYU plays San Jose State in 2017, is that right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the Cougars BYU also... also has a home and road with them. A home I, don't, and... I don't say home and home because that sounds like two home games. A home and road. A ho- okay, I'll give you that. That's a Jerem Jordan thing. <laughs> Who's Who gets today's rise and shout, Jerem? How about Let's Taysom, Ty- Taysom Hawes? Taysom Hawes <laughs> and Tyler Hill. <laughs> yes. Final poll results along those lines. Uh, BYUtv Sports Oh, so after I, I tried to push for Tyler to get a few more, he got less. Taysom Hill, nice. 91%. 
which TH's performance against Texas was more impressive? Taysom Hills. Tyler Haas, what a performance. I'm just glad that BYU could play Texas and then beat Texas. Let's not forget women's soccer in 2012 last year that rendered the Elite Eight. A regular season game featured a 5 nothing win against Texas. Lindsay Lisenby cut you out a goal that was number three on SportsCenter's top ten that night against Texas. BYU hooked them horns. I can't wait for BYU to play in Austin next year football. September 6th, yeah. 2014. <laughs> in a world where BYU <laughs> owns the horns. Next. <laughs> Oh my goodness! We, uh, let's get to some Twitter traffic very quickly before we uh, we have to wrap up. I wish this could go on. I want Jaron to do the the movie voice guy in the world. Yes, that is so little awesome. tortilla boy <laughs> <laughs> at BB Sports Med. Not touching that. Haas game was great, but the equivalent to Hills rushing for two hundred and fifty nine yards would be like scoring fifty points. Touche. Yeah, I think maybe more like sixty when it's a quarterback. At Kent Johnson four. Taysom, and it isn't even close. 17 carries for 259, three TDs, and one fired coach is Jimmer esque. This comes from at Laser Sheep. Can we get an I trust that dude for Tyler Haas? I trust that dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You should. Taking that shot off one foot. Are you kidding me? BYU Wichita State tonight. Tyler Haas has another chance to go get it done. Big thanks to our guests, Blaine Fowler and Mike Kennedy, as well as everyone on our crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller, Spencer King, and Dave Neely, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Got to get one more tweet in because I thought this when I first saw the shot. Taysom Hill, or sorry, Tyler Haas running jumper reminded me of Larry Legend, Larry Bird. Didn't it? Clutch. Fading out of bounds. Hey, check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page for show links and much more. By the way, the tweet came from Matt at Stay Classy Matt. Thanks, at Stay Classy Matt. Like and comment all you like on that Facebook page. You can also listen to episodes of the show on demand at BYURadio.org. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to a Tuesday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Class dismissed.